you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Eric. All right, Sham listeners, we have a special treat for you this week. Instead of doing our normal format, we are still going to be doing sham writing for you, but this is going to be the first of three special episodes that we're calling the Shamcom Trilogy. That's right, we are doing sham fictions of sitcoms. And what that means is that we're going to do the performance a little bit differently and the writing a little bit differently. We're actually going to have the authors for each of these write out their scenes as though they were scenes in an entire episode of a sitcom. They're going to write screen directions, and as an added bonus, we've brought in some of our favorite Two Jackets actors who are going to perform the scripts. So we're going to have the full-on experience, multiple voices, stage directions... It's going to be a blast. We're really excited to try out Sham Comps with you for the next three weeks. Pulling out all the stops. No <laughs> stops will remain. All gone. None at all. So, <laughs> oh let my us gosh. jump into this. So this mm. first show and our writer this week is going to be the one, the only, Eric W. Carlson. TV's Eric Carlson, appropriately what, enough. What, what? Uh, I am so excited to be kicking this off. Holy crap, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, It's just, uh, I mean, I can't pretend I don't know what we're doing. This is Big Bang Theory, am I right? Has this been changed on me without me being told? You know, it's it's like you knew that because we had been coordinating with these actors and you just didn't have information along. No, that's that's fine. There is no Santa. Go ahead and ruin the surprise for everyone listening at home. The illusion that you have no idea what's going on. Yes, we're doing the Big Bang Theory. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So let's just jump right into it. Let's start off with the Big Bang. This is a show created by the... (laughs) I'm trying to decide how I can politically say how insanely (laughs) popular Chuck Lorre is. Uh... The mind-bogglingly popular and successful Chuck Lorre, as well as Bill Prady. Uh, not even sliding Chuck Lorre, the guy did Two and a Half Men and some other stuff. He has made more money and had more eyeballs on his work than anyone I can possibly imagine since MASH. It was, um, yeah, it's crazy. I looked through some of his previous credits. Like, all the way through like the late 80s, this guy has had a show on the air, and it's been one of the most popular shows. Yeah, it's crazy. Chuck, Chuck Lorre's been right on. He's got that tiger blood, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the pilot to the Big Bang Theory, which you'll notice as a theme in all of our sham coms, was directed by the one and only James Burroughs. Jim James. Burroughs. Jim Burroughs. like the best director in sitcom history. So he started the Big Bang Theory pilot. The show stars in its original configuration, Johnny Galecki, 
Jim Parsons, Kelly Cuoco? I don't know how Cuoco. to say her name, actually. Is it Cuoco? Cuoco. Like Cuoco. Uh, Simon Helberg and Kunal Nayar. And it currently, in its ninth season, has about a million Whoa. other series regulars. But Whoa. we're going to start back in the first season. So get to the core of the show and where it really started out. And so, fun fact. Fun hmm. fact. Fun fact. Let's hear it. The fun facts from Andrew Neal. This is the fun fact segment. <laughs> Andrew Neal's fun facts. I love it. Uh, Johnny Galecki. He was a star on Roseanne. You might uh, remember him as Darlene's boyfriend on uh-huh. Roseanne. Uh, uh, and Mark yeah, uh, You know what? You know what, what? Andrew? You know what, what? Andrew? Um, what? No, I don't. Never saw <laughs> You've never it. seen Roseanne? You're not the it. only you, one listening to this, Eric. There are literally other listeners. What? <laughs> well, I, for one, have never seen Roseanne, okay? Well, when we do Shamcoms again. listeners in plural. Give me <laughs> a better reference so I right. can feel included. Simon Helberg? Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. He's moist. Nah, he's, he's, I knew he's, that. A, he's a little moist. From uh, from, from the, thing. A, the yeah. Doctor Horrible sing along blog. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, I guy meant. can't open a jar. Moist. You think you need dampened or dampened? made soggy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you said it. All right, but if you want to watch The Big Bang Theory, which premiered on CBS back on September 24th, 2007. Oh, my right, God. Nine years ago. This is season nine. They just passed their 200th episode. Well done, Chuck. And have Bill, I not seen this show? Jeez. Uh, I don't know. 16 million people or so watch it every week. Oh, they're and idiots. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. A lot of people. That's like 5% of Americans. <laughs> That's insane. Um, yeah, one in twenty. So I can keep doing the math. I can convert keep 5% doing it into other things. You know, it'd be great. Uh, <laughs> where you can get this? This is a CBS show, which means it's not on the Hulu or the Netflix. It's on mm. CBS's personal streaming service, CBS All Access, which is where Star Trek's going to be. So you might want to subscribe to that at some point. And it's also on the Blu-ray and the DVD, and you can do the pay for streaming. So you can get it. It's also on every single day on the TBS and on uh, CBS every Thursday night. So check it out if you're interested. Syndication. Uh, yeah, that's that's the reason that we're going for this. This show gets about 16 million viewers per episode, oh which my is God. a couple more than Sham Fiction gets each week. Oh, man. Accurate. Just barely, but that's still impressive. I mean, yeah. If we were counting the plus seven ratings for our show, maybe it would be a different story, but we don't want to get into that kind of semantics. Yeah. So it's the biggest thing on TV right now. It's the hottest sitcom. And it's also the source of a lot of controversy, which is what makes it a perfect choice for sham fiction. A lot of people attack this show for being a representation of nerd culture without actually understanding nerd culture or being a part of it. And sham fiction is all about writing about something you don't understand or know about. So we're a bunch of nerds, and you, as a nerd, Eric, as our representative, are going to write about a show about a bunch of nerds written by people who may or may not be nerds themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I like this assignment. This is, yeah, this is already good. A lot of fun. And also, I, I, I don't know that all the criticism Big Bang Theory is totally true. People seem to think that's very nerd negative. But it does do a bit of a signal boost, even if it's not always in the best light, for some nerdy activities and some nerdy things. And I've watched most of it. My dad likes it a lot, so we watch it together. 
So I've seen almost all of the episodes. Andrew, you were just introduced to this. Yes, um, for this uh, program here, um, I went and watched the first two episodes of this show because, like <laughs> Eric, I had never seen an entire episode on my own ever. Yeah, um, so I only watched the first two episodes, but I, I dug it. I laughed a lot. I sat down with my girlfriend, Erin, we p- popped on Amazon and rented a few, because yeah, we had to rent them, we paid for them, because the old episodes <laughs> are not on CBS All Access, um, just so you all are aware. You have CBS um, All Access? I mean, of course we, we all do, because what a great service. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a free one-week trial, so I signed up for that, and I went on there, and the episodes weren't there, so oh, no. I was disappointed. <laughs> Okay. But anyway, I watched it and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was funny. So yeah, I'm gonna watch more of this show most I've, likely. I got it on DVD, Andrew. Maybe I can bring oh, him up there. There we go. Visit you. There we go. Yes. So the Big Bang Theory. Uh, this is a very simple show. At its heart, it's about three characters. Although there are five series regulars in the first season. So the characters that we're dealing with are Leonard and Sheldon. They're both ultra-genius, ultra-nerds, and they work at Caltech, living in Pasadena, California. They're physicists, and they teach as professors there. And then, even though they're roommates and living in this poor, sort of run-down apartment that's, you know, it's sitcom big, but we'd assume that in real life would be very small, Mm -hmm. across the hall, their old neighbor moves out, and in moves this beautiful blonde woman named Penny, who is the immediate object of Leonard's fancy, his lust, his love, whatever you want to call it. It's just very stereotypical, popular blonde girl. Yeah, blonde girl moves in, and the nerdy boys don't know how to handle it. So that is the trifecta. It's Leonard, Sheldon, and Penny are at the heart of this. And that is as simple as this concept is. Nerds who are not very good at socializing, and this beautiful woman who moves in wants to be an actress and doesn't have all the smarts in the world. Oh, yeah. So to break down the characters, just to separate them a little bit more, those those well, especially the two nerds. So Leonard is he's our hero. He's the guy that we empathize with the most because he's definitely more socially conscious than anybody else. He apologizes. For the behaviors of the others, he tries to redeem them. You know, he's the guy that is slightly aware, but nonetheless awkward around the Guga girl. Um, <laughs> Very and odd, yeah. yes, so he's not completely out of it. He's not the cool nerd. He's still a nerd. Yes, uh, and he's also genius. I mean, when we talk genius, these guys are you know genius level IQ. And they can quote science, they can quote history, they can quote pop culture in meaningful ways by which you know that the writers actually had Wikipedia or an article open when they were writing the jokes. Uh, which, you know, good for them. You'll, you'll have to do that when you're writing it. Perfectly researched lines. I can do that. Yes. That's easy. I have an internet access. <laughs> so do the writers. Um <laughs> So the the breakaway character of the show, by far the most popular, the most interesting and original, is Sheldon Cooper, who is Leonard's roommate. He's played by Jim Parsons, and he is a weird guy. He is genius to the point of barely being able to function in society. (laughs) He has very little empathy, but he's not crazy. His mother had him tested. He says that a lot on the show. (laughs) 
to just to prove <laughs> no i don't have uh any form of autism is that the so no i, I think the crazy thing is more about sociopathy because he has trouble okay. understanding faces sure, sure. and he, he he's been taught like if someone is in trouble you offer them a hot beverage so he, he's, he's programmed himself with these social cues in the way that you would see a serial killer do okay. uh, but he, he's not and what the authors have said and this is important he may be on the spectrum but they don't want to give him any official medical diagnosis because that makes it less funny and it makes it into a different <laughs> arena where you have to treat it separately, where you have to then be respectful of the group. Yeah, you have uh, to be careful of, not to to offend uh, yeah. any autistic people out there. <laughs> but you know, even with that, a lot of autism groups have been fascinated by the show and some have praised it because it's drawing awareness to these types of behaviors. So Sheldon might also have obsessive-compulsive disorder. One of the things he gets into, if you ever have him go over to Penny's apartment, which is across the hall, he has to knock on the door uh, three times, knock, 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 Penny, knock, 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 Penny, knock, 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 Penny, before he can go in. And they play with that being interrupted a lot. (laughs) Like If she opens the door after two times, she'll have to close it again, and then he'll have to go through the routine. That's horrible. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, he's one of those guys. They they play with that. Uh, He loves trains. He absolutely loves trains. Uh, that's that's a big thing. That's like his biggest hobby. He loves flags as well. He has a show that he does on the web. Uh, fun with flags with Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> what? It's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that uh, in the first two episodes. No, no, they get there. He has a spot uh, on his couch. Like he always has to sit in the same spot. So that's classic sitcom thing where you have this obsession of one of the characters. If someone goes in a spot, he will kick them out or make them uncomfortable until they move. And it's something that they all talk about. Uh, he, although this was really interesting, watching the pilot after a couple years having not seen it. In the pilot, the first scene is uh, Leonard and Sheldon going to a sperm bank for genius donors. And Ugh. it was Sheldon's suggestion. Like, he uh. wanted to go there. And uh, Leonard says, well, you have enough practice doing it at home. I don't know why you're concerned about doing it here. Which is completely out of character. Because <laughs> Sheldon is 100% asexual, at least in the first few seasons. Okay, uh-huh. He's just no interest in it, doesn't understand the ritual. He calls it coitus. So that's, that's very important. If he mentions sex, he calls it coitus. Okay. And he'll th- say things awkwardly like, oh, Leonard's only interested in Penny because he wants to coitus her. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's weird that you say that because yeah, it was his idea, but yet for the rest of those two first two episodes, he never again like there's no like he never says Penny's hot, you know, like in a way that he is attracted to her. There is right. no sexuality between him and Penny at all after that. So it's just that first scene, which is kind of yeah, weird. I think I think it's in the pilot. I think that's mm-hmm. it, well in the pilot he recognizes that she's attractive as well, which is something that doesn't happen beyond that point. Okay, okay. Um, so the reason I spend so much time on Sheldon is because he is just the absolute breakout character here. He'll make jokes that aren't funny, oftentimes involving science and these things. And he'll say bazinga to, to call people on it. He'll have trouble <laughs> understanding emotions. So if he says something, which he's often insulting to people because they're as ants to him, especially <laughs> to Howard Wallowitz, who we'll get to in a moment, uh, he can't read the room at all. So there'll be, like, he'll say something way too real, everyone will get quiet, and then he'll say, okay, I'm getting a feeling here. I've seen these faces before. What did I say? You know? So In the second episode, he struggles with sarcasm. So Mm -hmm. someone says Mm -hmm. a sarcastic line, and he just does not get it. (laughs) 
like Leonard has to like tell him or give him a sign to tell him that he's being sarcastic. Ah. Yes. So let's talk about Penny, the last of the three mains in this. So unfortunately, Penny doesn't have much characterization at the onset of the show. She's mostly this sexy fantasy girl for Leonard, mm-hmm. although she's not really attracted to him. She is very sweet. She genuinely cares about people. She's not the brightest person around, which often causes conflict between these super bright uh, science nerds and her. They can hurt her feelings, and she will make fun of them for being nerds. They don't really care because she's a pretty girl. Um, she's an aspiring actress. She's terrible, so she works <laughs> at a cheesecake factory, um, which and this is not like the real cheesecake factory, which is a really nice upscale kind of place. It's just like an Applebee's. Um, uh, that's basically what a cheesecake factory is, bro. Sorry to break it to you. I know no, you really I, like the cheesecake factory, but <laughs> let's let's get real. It's the cheesecake factory. We're not it's, talking about uh, shavings. It's uh, it's very different scales, Eric. I will take you out and I will show you the five thousand page menu of the Cheesecake Factory. Whatever. It's so big. Also, I hope anybody out there also watched the TV show Recess as much as me to appreciate that the only name for like a fancy restaurant I could think of was Shave Vince, which was a restaurant opened by a character in the TV show Recess. Thank you, and good night. Inside bar. <laughs> right. uh, so, so we got other characters here. Penny's. I, I, I got to finish up on Penny, right? So she's from Omaha. Okay. She moved to the up big city. Okay. Classic, classic. Uh, thank you, Eric. Yeah. Classic actress. Like, let's keep this on a clean writing. I thank you very I much. Uh, uh, she moved from Omaha, so classic. Moved from the small town to the big city, trying to make it big yep. and failing, and. Yeah, she's, she's just, just uh, she's a small town girl living living in, in a some kind of lonely world. Yeah, took this. All right, I did. <laughs> I did find how she treated the nerds very endearing about her because in the second episode they kind of step over a boundary into yeah. her life. They invade her apartment because Sheldon can't stand that she has a messy apartment. He can feel the mess through <laughs> their, the door and the hallway and into her apartment. He knows it's there and he has to take care of it. Yeah. So he uses the spare key that she gave them and breaks in and begins to organize her apartment. <laughs> while she's and sleeping. <laughs> while oh, she's God. sleeping without her knowing. So it's weird and they recognize that it's weird yeah. and she gets really mad at them for doing it. But again, like she she in the end it kind of it they break it down and it becomes understanding and I just it was like I was on board with that character like this is a good character um, yeah oh and the last thing about Penny is she had broken up with someone at the start of the show but she dates a bunch of jocks early on which frustrates Leonard to no end right whenever she's there with some hot dude and he just any chance he thinks he has with her evaporates in those moments and he gets mopey and that's a lot of fun and very funny nice jocks who pants them at one point oh yeah that happened yeah like actually pantsing them neat so let's talk about uh wallowitz howard wallowitz you want to handle that one andrew yeah wallowitz this is played by moist um (laughs) he uh (laughs) the, the big thing that i got from his character is that he's a wannabe ladies man yeah he thinks he thinks thinks he's very confident around penny 
You know, he, he walks in and he kind of makes a show, talks about how smart he is, how smooth he is. He talks to her in different languages and thinks that's impressive because he knows other languages. Oh, that's completely dropped later on. <laughs> okay, good to know. But no, so his his thing is that he, he can talk to girls. He thinks he can talk to girls, but he can't really talk to girls. <laughs> um, uh, but he's an engineer. He works with space stuff. Marcus, do you know? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, yeah, does so he ever like t- when, when he's when he's hitting on Penny in the beginning? Because of course, all of the guys except for Sheldon hit on Penny because uh-huh. Edwards and Hot Woman. Uh-huh. Uh, he he talks about how he has equipment that's been launched on satellites. He's a, an engineer. He's another genius. But Sheldon makes fun of him to no end because <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you're like a car mechanic." You're, you can't understand the real theoretical physics, so you just tinker with your toys. Uh, so that's that's a big part of Wallowitz. He lives with his mother, who is very loud and yells at him. And they play up the Jewish guilt angle frequently in the first few seasons. <laughs> nice. um, and yeah, he's just he's trying very hard, but he's very lonely. Hmm. And his best friend is Raj. Who is Raj. Yeah, Rajesh Kuthrapali. Uh, That's right. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and Raj Raj is the exact opposite of Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, he cannot talk to women. When Penny walks in the room, Raj bottles up completely. Literally, literally cannot speak in the presence of women. Not unless at all. he's drunk. Oh. <laughs> And that's Marcus. Can you go? That's 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 kind of the baseline. I'm assuming there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, they they really play up while Leonard and Sheldon are just together as roommates. That's their main bond. They developed a friendship. Raj and Howard are best friends. They're super best friends. And unfortunately, being a sitcom on a mainstream network, that means they make a ton of gay jokes at the onset, right? Oh because yeah, girl. Any male affection has to be gay and being gay has to be a joke at least in 2007 on this type of show (laughs) Um, so that is you know that is what it is Um, Raj is from New Delhi his parents are very very rich and they give him money and you know pay for him to have a good life they still live in New Delhi Um, yeah he's also another genius also works at Caltech and the big thing can't talk to a woman unless he's drunk and is super best friends with Howard Um, like Codependent, fun, <laughs> comedy, best friends. Sure, perfect. Bromance. Yeah, I love it. Always love a bromance. Every form of bromance. Yes. I mean, so you know, when, when you're thinking about the character Raj, because he has to be in it. Uh, one of the things that they do that's a lot of fun is he'll be having a conversation about something important, and then a woman will walk into the room, and he can no longer carry on that conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, much to the frustration of everyone around, <laughs> and. The only way to get around that is with alcohol, which can cause even more problems. Right. Like the time oh, he gets no. super drunk on a train and starts talking to Summer Glau from Firefly. Nice. <laughs> Who's playing herself. Is is fun. Playing um, Summer Glau. Yeah, exactly. Just on a train, so he gets really drunk to try to talk to her, and it's a disaster. Oh, neat. Um, she so, can kill you with her brain. Yes, she could. So that's, that's the basics, right? We're talking about this group of four nerdy friends... Uh, they do nerd stuff. They'll play World of Warcraft. They'll have board game nights, play D&D, watch Star Trek marathons. 
and that's kind of their social scene. They're always ordering takeout Chinese. Uh, most of their hanging out is done at Leonard and Sheldon's place. Gotcha. So when you think about a sitcom, a key is the locations. What are some yes. of the locations that you saw here, the Andrew, sets. at the onset? Yeah, so in the first couple episodes that I saw, it's Leonard and Sheldon's apartment, mm-hmm. which, again, is sitcom big. It's a nice place. It's well kept because Sheldon is very particular. So think books. They have um, marker boards where they figure out their crazy equations. So there's always equations written on boards uh, sure. on, on the back walls. Um, so, yeah, that's their sort of place. Lots of um, memorabilia around there. Sure. You know, you fun, computers. Fun fact. Uh, I've actually been to the set of Big Bang Theory as oh, part whoa. of a very uh, depressing Warner Brothers backlot tour. Uh, wherein uh, every production that was currently happening at Warner Brothers was of television shows that nobody on the tour had seen. Oh my goodness. About the best thing they could pull out was, well, they're not shooting Big Bang Theory right now. Let's go check it out. And maybe like a couple of people had seen it at that point. But it was kind of sad. (laughs) That's so sad. They weren't weren't the one in 20. No, no. We were only had all 19 the worst people, people in the group. I, I think it was a group of, of uh, film enthusiasts because you, wow. you you go to that tour because movies, and turns out they don't make movies there, or at least this guy didn't know much about it. So there you go. That's my story. Continue with the <laughs> That's locations, That's a really sad please. story. I'm glad you brought that up. Very sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there's their apartment. There's Penny's apartment, um, which is uh, a little bit smaller. It's girly. There's a bunch of... It's bright, colorful. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's. The, I don't know <laughs> what else to really say about it's across an apartment. Hall. Yes, and it's across the hall. Stuff happens in the hall. Yes. And another thing that I noticed, and I don't, Marcus, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is kind of a thing that they that happens in every episode. So they live on, I think, the third floor of the apartment or something yep. like that. So, and the elevator is broken. Oh yeah. So they do scenes where they walk up the stairs, and you can tell they just use the same set over and over. But it's like they're walking up each landing and talking to mm-hmm. each other and having a conversation, which I found really funny. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit, that they have these conversations on the landing. Yeah. Does that keep up? Two, 200 the, episodes in, that's still still a thing. Yeah, when The I, elevator has never been fixed. Yeah, it is always out of order. Yeah. And when I that's was amazing. on the set, or when, you know, visiting the set, there was still, there was caution tape over the <laughs> yep. elevator, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's not a real elevator. <laughs> they're not gonna fix it it's like they don't have like an elevated floor through which to yeah no kidding but right. I found that really fun but those were the only three like locations there was a scene in a car so I guess you can have them in transit <laughs> oh yeah they do uh, driving uh, fun thing on that and I don't know if it's clear in the first two episodes is that Sheldon can't drive Okay. so Leonard has to drive him to work and drive him everywhere which ends up being quite funny um, later on, they spend time in a comic book store, but we won't deal with that because sure. it introduces we're, other we're characters. Mostly, we're mostly at home. Yeah, Apartment mostly building. at home. You can go to the university uh, in the cafeteria there because, remember, all these friends work at the university. Right. So if you need to do something where you bring them out away from Penny to handle something, they could talk about it at work and then bring it back. Sure. And that's that's totally an option, but... Really, if you're doing a classic bottle episode, which, are you guys familiar with the term bottle episode? No. 
Yes, I am. I'll explain this to the listeners. Or, Andrew, you can explain it. Yeah, so a bottle episode, it's often uh, cited as being done out of necessity for budget. And it is when an episode takes place entirely in one location. Um, The story never leaves that one location. All the plot, the characters are in that one place in order to keep things contained and not spend more money. <laughs> nice. Well, it's, it's very close. My understanding is that it it means you have to use only existing sets. Oh. So I've never heard of it explained that one way. Or two places. But so if you're thinking you have the Starship Enterprise, you have the bridge and you have 10 forward, you have those ready to go, you can just film a bottle episode only on the Enterprise without having to build the alien planet or the alien outpost. That's kind That's of where the notion came from. So on a sitcom like this, and it's totally fair to do a bottle episode for our shamcoms, uh, you're just in the apartment or you're at the Cheesecake Factory or you're at the university. Just sets that they already have ready to go. doesn't cost any extra money. <laughs> all right. Sounds all right, so I think, effective. Yeah, I think we're getting pretty close to the end here. We gave you all the characters, some of the relationships there. The... Uh, most of the plots of these first episodes are about Leonard's unfailing love for Penny and the ridiculous lengths he'll go to to try to impress her, yeah. including kowtowing to whatever boyfriend she's with now. And the other alternatives are them focusing on some nerdy thing. Uh, so if they have like a big game night coming up or there's a premiere of a TV show, they could focus an episode around that. Of course, Penny won't understand, and there's conflict Leonard being torn between those two worlds. Sure. So that's that's basically your Big Bang Theory. Hey, awesome. Uh, any any questions? Nah. Here, uh, just for the interest of time, because I, I know I want to get writing as fast as possible, um, I'll just kind of go through it. We got our main three. We got Leonard, Sheldon, Penny. Uh, Leonard Caltech professor, Sheldon Caltech professor, the super geniuses, they live together. Uh, they're not really best friends, but they have a friendship. They're not, they're no Howard and Raj. Uh, we got <laughs> Penny who moves in next door. She's kind of dumb, I guess. She's a small town girl <laughs> in a lonely world. Nailed it. Uh, she wants to be an actress, yep. but she's not very good at being an actress. Uh, and then they live in this apartment and everything happens there. Uh, done. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the same Yep, thing. you got it. Uh, Howard and Raj often go by the last names, Wallowitz and Kutherpali. Oh, gosh. So if you if you really want to hit uh, that level of authenticity, that's usually how Sheldon will refer to them, at least. Sure. And yeah, for, for the assignment. So because we're doing the Shamcom, I want to introduce how the format's a little bit different. We want you to tell an entire story. Okay, so this doesn't have to be a full 20-minute story. You mm-hmm. can do a little bit less than that. But give us the introductory conflict. Give us the middle where they're trying to figure things out and escalate. And then give us the conclusion where it blows up in their faces and we're left to wonder how they got out of it. Sure. That's, three acts. Yeah. Three acts. Do it in three acts. And there have to be good act breaks. Okay? So you, oh, need, a, you need a good break going out of the first act. You need a good break going out of the second act. And you need a good stinger to end the thing on. Stinger. Uh, and your choice whether or not you'd like to include what we call a cold open. And a cold open is where the show starts and you have a little scene, a little funny scene just with one joke. might set up the rest of the story or it might be a non sequitur that ends with the title sequence. Uh, so yeah. cold open is just we're going into a scene before we see the title sequence. Sure. But... 
But how do we have a title sequence, you may ask? Because this is the radio podcasting audio voice thing <laughs> instead of the television box with uh-huh. images. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. How is he going to accomplish that? Well, Monsieur Carlson, we are challenging you as part of this assignment to write a theme song for the Big Bang Theory. Do not, don't you dare go seek out the Big Bang Theory title sequence oh, if you have not seen oh, it. Oh, I've seen it. I, I've of heard it. It's, it's a Bare Naked Ladies song. I know. I was hoping you hadn't, though. I, I know the song well. I might know all the words, but I it's won't a good, sing it here. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I knew it was a gamble considering it's Bare Naked Ladies and they're one of your favorites. Yeah. But so, you want but me to write something that is disregard that or just, just disregard. Doesn't matter. It, the it is Any, your... anything you want. I'm partial myself to the old school sitcom theme songs where they would tell you the whole plot of the show, like uh-huh. Gilligan's Island or the Brady oh, yeah. Bunch. So if you want to tickle my fancy, uh-huh. do some of that. Okay. Uh, and because as we mentioned before, we are pulling out literally all of the stops. You are going to have help in your theme song writing. Fan Ooh. of the show. Our good friend, our secret brother, Reed Reimer, our composer, is going to help you out. So you write something (laughs) up, and you're actually going to get some music that is far better than we deserve. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I have to prove. Oh, oh, that's that's a lot of pressure. I I have to make Reed proud. Make him proud. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, That's so exciting. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, All right. Bonus points? Bonus points, yeah. Bonus points? Lay it on me, Holmes. All right. So my bonus points, yeah, like Marcus said earlier, these guys, they speak in pop culture. They speak in science. They just, like, equate everything in life to science and pop culture. I want Sheldon to just go off on just on a tangent explanation to validate something that he's done, just to contextualize it in his the way he thinks you know just go off on a tangent and rate it related to science pop culture to justify what he just did something like that at okay some point. and i'm i'm gonna give you bonus points that are also sheldon related uh-huh. which is the most inappropriate use of sheldon's catchphrase bazinga oh gosh <laughs> and you can cash in on that bonus point multiple times oh no oh my mom just died Bazinga! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that choice. Oh, great. Uh, remember that we have wonderful actors who are going to be speaking your words. <laughs> yes. So, so spend spend a little extra time on this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! All right, I'm going to go right right now, and when we come back, we'll have full cast reading of my version of Big Bang Theory. What? Hey, Sham listeners. If you like the show, there are two things you can do that'll really help us out. The first is subscribe. You'll get a new episode every week in 2016 without fail. That's our pledge to you. And that'll be delivered automatically to your device. Beyond that, you could really help us out by writing a review. Let other people know what the show's about, what your experience has been. And if it's positive, all the better. If you don't feel like you can write a positive review, think about it as a writing challenge. You think you're better than us? Write a sham fiction of a good review. Make us believe that you believe in us. I know you can do it. Anyway, thanks for listening.
All right, while Eric is off writing his rendition of the Big Bang Theory, I would like to introduce the actors who are going to be helping us bring this script to life in a little bit. They just got here. Did you see them pull in, Andrew? Yep, saw them pull in. Some have very fancy vehicles. I mean, some of them are very popular. People Up to know four them. wheels. Sometimes, in yeah. some cases. You know, there are motorcycles as well. They were envoys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, let's, let's see who these mystery drivers are. We're going to start out with Rachel Palaszewski, who is a director of theater and film. She's an actor. She's an improviser. We've worked with her in the past since the very beginning of Two Jackets Productions. And she was a collaborator on Third West Ballard, the first official Two Jackets production. She played, appropriately enough, Rachel. More recently, we've seen her on screen in All Dressed in White, and she's been behind the scenes in a lot of our productions. She was in uh, part of Meanwhile in the Citadel of Superheroes. She worked on Limp Wings and, of course, that original show, Third West Ballard. So, Rachel, can you say hi to the audience? Hello. <laughs> See, that's a real voice. There it that's is. There's someone here. Right up. Yeah. That's not Eric. That's, that's not, not Eric. Eric. He's, go- he's away. He's not in the room at all. We have shunned him. <laughs> so, Rachel, you're going to be performing parts of the Big Bang Theory, a very popular, successful show. We don't pay as well. Uh, but have you seen the show before? Not really. Not no. really. Okay. <laughs> no. No. It, it seems interesting, but I haven't had the opportunity. Okay. So, you might not have a favorite character I, well, I'm sorry. I've seen I've seen part of an episode. I do like Raj. <laughs> Raj. Raj. <Okay. laughs> yep. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for coming here today, and we'll uh, introduce the rest of our crew here. We'll get back to you when we are casting the episode. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. So next up, we have Joe Rapp, another actor and improviser. Joe is also a graphic designer. He's worked with us in Two Jacks before on our... Our favorite 48 uh, film. The, the, the much regarded. The much, much regarded. regarded. All's Chair and Love and War. Yep, 48 uh, Hour, 2013. Yep. <laughs> he loved them chairs. Uh, Joe is the founder of JRap Consulting and Design, which is found at jrap.com. We'll have a link up to that in our episode description. jrapdesign.com. jrapdesign.com, yes. And he's a managing director and performer of the Bearded Men Improv Group, who perform at the Huge Theater, 10.30 p.m. in Minneapolis, Friday nights. You can find more about them at beardedmenimprov.com. And most recently, he's the host of Late Nights Minneapolis, a live late-night variety show experience, which is coming back this fall. Joe, can you say hello to the people at home? Hello. (laughs) That was creepy. (laughs) And that tells you a lot about Joe. Uh, yeah. Joe, have you seen The Big Bang Theory before? Uh, yeah, I've seen like three episodes. Three episodes, <laughs> so, right? Uh, real verse. Just ran with it. Uh-huh. And who's, who's your favorite character on the show? Uh, it seems so cliche, but I really like Sheldon. He's, yeah. he's ridiculous. So yeah, he's, he's like the him. kind of character who takes you like, eh, maybe I'll watch two episodes, but you watch a third because Sheldon's Yeah, in. yeah, definitely. And then you've seen enough. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you, Joe, very much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, next up, we have Mr. Alan Voigt, who is an actor. He's a future physician and, I'm told, an expert dungeon master. Oh, my, yes. He's worked with us, Two Jackets, both on screen and off screen before. He was in You Only Die Once. I Stole a Lot of Money and uh, worked on Meanwhile at the Citadel of Superheroes as well. He was a writer and producer for an original audio production called Pretty Good Stories, which I'm a particular fan of because... I wrote a series for that. It was a live radio hour. And that uh, is about it for Alan. I don't know. He's, he's sitting over here looking at me, nodding a bit. Can you... <laughs> oh, just blew, blew us a kiss. Blew us a kiss, which is great radio, as we know. Uh, Alan, can you say hello? Talk about your, your history here. 
Hi. Uh, yeah, I've known these guys. Eric's been living in my backyard for uh, 20 years. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the shed. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, we it's built it's a little unheated. house for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and have you seen The Big Bang Theory? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. My dad watches it quite a bit. So, yeah, I... Uh, watch it. I've seen yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Who's yeah, my your, dad loves the show too. Yeah. Who's your dad's favorite character? Leonard. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? <laughs> uh, Sheldon. I mean, I like the Muppet movie, and so. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember him from that. Is it? He plays the human version of the Muppet. That's yeah, when he's right. looking in the mirror. The man Muppet, Muppet bits. Yeah. yeah. There we go with Oscar winner Brett McKenzie. There we go. Well, Alan, thank you for joining us for the first of this series of three Shamcom episodes. Uh, and finally, I'd like to introduce Miss Katie Vanelli, who is actor, improviser, illustrator, web and graphic designer, and an email marketing specialist for the Minnesota Wild, which I don't know if you've known the Two Jackets guys. Uh, we're really into sports. We're big time Super into pros. sports. So that meant a lot to us. Um, <laughs> but Katie's great. She was the, uh, the lead in our film, Meanwhile, at the Citadel of Superheroes. And also played a series of clones in our 48-hour film, Keeping Up with the Clones, as we like working with Katie a lot. She performs regularly at the comedy sports Twin Cities and at the Huge Theater doing improvisation. And you can see her art and design work at katherinevanelli.com. Again, we'll have a link to that in the notes for this episode. Yes. So, welcome, Katie. Hi, thanks. I'm really happy to be here. And you seem like you're a huge Big Bang Theory fan. You can quote all the episodes. Have uh, you seen it before? I can quote maybe the pilot episode. <laughs> <laughs> you just watched the pilot episode. I watched like, the pilot episode. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Several times. Excellent. Over and over again. Over and over yes. again. Recite the lines, like just you said. A, yep. Got an iPad that has it looping up on the wall at all times. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite character from that pilot episode? My favorite character was Leonard. He seemed Leonard. very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a Roseanne fan? Uh, was he the kid in Roseanne? He was uh, Darlene's boyfriend in Roseanne. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a couple episodes of Roseanne. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. Thank you all for joining us. We're going to bring Eric back in and see what kind of script he's come up with here. And we'll have you perform it. It'll be just like your big stars on CBS's top sitcom, except you'll get paid nothing. All right, I think uh, I think I see things. Eric coming. Yep. Eric, get you can you you can come in. There's no, yeah, we're good. You can come in. Well, hey, room full of smiling people. I have written a script. I am so pleased that you are all about to read it. Uh, I, I I don't know what to say about it. It's a thing. It's maybe it resembles Big Bang Theory. I wouldn't know. I just I just would not know. Uh, so the, the big piece of business that we have to take care of before we get going is I have to cast the thing and having, again, never seen the thing, I, I don't know who's going to be the best part. So real quick, I'm going to have you go one at a time and give me the best Sheldon impression because I think he's, he's who you start with. Uh, so I'm going to start on this side of, side of the table with Katie. Um, say something stupid. It doesn't matter what it is, <laughs> but follow it up with Bazinga so I know it's a joke. Well, I really don't know if Sheldon would say anything very stupid at all. Bazinga. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Alan? I don't know if you've ever played Settlers of Catan, but I have all the wheat. Bazinga. (laughs) (laughs) Joe? Uh, I went to a restaurant on the moon. Uh, Great food. No atmosphere. Bazinga. (laughs) 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 Rachel? Since I'm not very familiar with Big Bang Theory, I guess I'll just say that. Bazinga. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
uh, I'm giving it to Alan. Alan, you're Sheldon. Mm-hmm. I, Joe, Joey had a better joke, but <laughs> I just I liked Alan. So points for that. By the way, we're giving away points. Uh huh. Um, the next one, uh, I'm gonna do a combo. We're, the same person is gonna play both Raj and Penny. So the question is, who can do the best Kuthrapali accent? I'm gonna go around the table again. This is the last time I'm gonna do it. If you think you have it, you could just raise your hand and, and go. Oh, Rachel? Oh, Rachel? Oh, oh. What do you got? Um, I have never been to India, but I think that I have a pretty good Indian accent. Shut so. up, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Raj and Penny. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, and I'm... Let's see, what am I gonna do? Oh, here we go. Joe, you're yeah. gonna be my Howard. All right, I'll take it. Right. Okay, and uh, you are also going to have a bonus part. Uh, bonus. This might spoil something in the oh, script yes. to say this. Uh, ear, earmuffs, guys. Oh. Andrew, Marcus, oh. earmuffs. earmuffs. You're also going to be the Pink Ranger. Okay, great. All right, and lastly, Leonard okay. goes to Katie Vanelli. Sounds great. So, are we all ready for this? You got your parts? You know what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm set. Yes. Very right. cool. And since this is a sitcom, all sitcoms, all good sitcoms have to have an intro song. So I whip this up for you. What happens when nerds fall in love with objects shaped like pennies that seem super dumb? Test these hypotheses and you'll see. That your expensive education falls to cheap infatuation All your brainy repartee becomes a distant memory Your roommate and your friends Will make some pop culture references <laughs> Darth Vader and Cthulhu Set phasers A Pikachu A Bazinga A Bazinga A Bazinga A Bazinga A Bazinga Interior, Caltech, Sheldon's office, day. Sheldon is sitting alone at his desk, reading a book titled The Ethics of Human Cloning. (laughs) Suddenly, the door bursts open and Leonard slinks inside. He's smiling and out of breath. I did it! I actually did it! Oh, Leonard, you finally finished your Minecraft model of Hogwarts? Leonard crosses to the desk. No, that's a work in progress. Progress has such a loose definition these days. Well, you've piqued my interest. Sheldon sets the book down on the desk. Leonard sits across from him. You know those two tickets from Comic-Con I managed to score from Android's dungeon after the employee accidentally scalded my face with hot nacho cheese? Who could forget Cheesergate? (laughs) Yes, well, Comic-Con starts tomorrow, and I need to ask someone to go with me. I've already told you I'm not interested. A convention center filled with thousands of sweaty nerds dressed up in terrible costumes like there was a garage sale at Skywalker Ranch isn't my kind of party. No, Sheldon, I already knew that. That's why, once the bandages had been removed, I asked someone else. (laughs) That's what I wanted to tell you. Who did you ask? You didn't. Leonard nods his head vigorously. Uh, Penny, and she said yes? She's even dressing up. I must say, I expected more from Penny. It took me all day to pluck up the courage to ask her. 
That's too bad. And to think, you could have used that time to finish building Gryffindor Tower. Bazinga! <laughs> oh, I-, I just remembered. I have to go pick up my costume. Leonard stands and crosses back towards the door. Oh no, you too. Leonard pauses and turns back to Sheldon. It's okay. Penny and I are going for the classic crossplay Star Trek The Original Series. Let me guess. You're Captain Kirk and Penny is Orion, slave girl, in need of some heroism. <laughs> I'll be Mr. Spock for your information, and I didn't ask Penny what she was going to be because as soon as I said Star Trek, her face lit up and she told me she already knew exactly what to do. I'm telling you, Sheldon, she's the one. Well, it appears our friend across the hall has a geeky side we never knew. And hopefully we'll get to know that side much better tomorrow. But first, I need to be fitted for a pair of pointy ears. (laughs) Leonard gives Sheldon the Vulcan salute, then exits. Fade out. Fade in, too. Interior, Leonard and Sheldon's apartment, the next day. Leonard is nervously pacing back and forth. He is dressed in the blue Starfleet uniform and pointy ears of Mr. Spock, though he is still wearing his glasses. Sheldon enters from the bedroom, immediately freezes upon seeing Leonard, and rolls his eyes, then walks to the kitchen. I was hoping to miss this portion of the day. (laughs) Leonard jumps in surprise at Sheldon's voice. Oh, good morning. We're learning as soon as... We're leaving as soon as Penny is done putting on her costume. I can barely contain myself. There is a sharp knock at the door. There she is. Leonard lunges for the door and opens it with a big smile on his face. Raj and Howard are standing in the doorway, holding board games. Leonard's smile fades. Howard speaks. We're happy to see you too, Mr. Spock. (laughs) They push past Leonard and enter the apartment. Raj points at Leonard's outfit. All dressed for Comic-Con, Leonard? (laughs) Sheldon laughs. No, that's just the uniform of a grown man about to be in way over his head. Leonard closes the door. What are you two doing here? Sheldon invited (laughs) Polly and I over for a day of board games. We're going to settle the ever-living sheep out of Catan. (laughs) Oh, I hope you guys aren't mad that I didn't ask any of you to come with me to Comic-Con. Why would we be mad? There's nothing we would enjoy at Comic-Con. Yeah. Why would we want to go to a full cast reunion of Firefly? What <laughs> a talk from Neil deGrasse Tyson debunking the theoretical mechanics of time travel from Back to the Future series? Or George R.R. R. Martin's annual Game of Thrones spoiler luncheon, wherein he bakes the name of the next character to be killed off in the show into a gigantic pie. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I promise not to have any fun. Good. (laughs) There's a knock at the door. Leonard jumps. That's Penny. No kidding. Who did she say she's dressing up as? Rainbow Bright? Chitara? Apparently, she's chosen her favorite character from Star Trek Original Series. Orion, slave girl? Bazinga. (laughs) Let's find out. Leonard throws open the door. It's Penny. She enters wearing the extravagant dress and over-the-top hairdo and face paint of Queen Amidala from Star Wars Episode One: <laughs> The Phantom Menace. All four men groan loudly. Mm. Penny looks suddenly self-conscious. What is it? Nothing. You look great. Penny, very accurate. Leonard, what are you talking about? She's clearly dressed in a Star Wars costume. Worse, a Star Wars prequel. Oh no, I got it wrong. D- Don't... Don't listen to them. Star Wars, Star Trek, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> what? <laughs> we should go. Leonard starts ushering Penny out the door. 
Bye, guys. We'll be back Sunday. Bye. Penny and Leonard exit and shut the door behind them. Oh, poor Penny. She's in for a rough weekend. Those nerds are going to eat her alive. Fade out. Act break. This is a commercial, uh, commercial. It's over. Fade in two. Interior. Leonard and Sheldon's apartment. Later. Sorry. In- I'm starting over. Interior. Leonard and Sheldon's apartment. Later. The couch and chair have been pushed aside and the kitchen table has been placed in the center of the living room. Sheldon, Howard, and Raj are seated around the table and are all helping to neatly stack the cardboard hexes and wooden pieces from the game of Settlers of Catan that they just completed. Now that we've warmed up from that childishly simple game of Catan, I hope you all came prepared to play a real game. A real game? Not Risk again. Nobody actually likes Risk, Sheldon. (laughs) Wolowitz is right. If you try to pull that Australia move again, I will turn to violence. Risk? Really? You think I invited you over to play a game about mere world domination? Sheldon laughs to himself in a (laughs) megalomaniacal sort of way. No, no, no. I have my eyes on a bigger prize. How does an entire galaxy sound? Sheldon lifts a gigantic box from his lap and drops it with a thud onto the table. The art on the box features spaceships, snake people, and a character with the head of a lion. I give you Twilight Imperium. (laughs) You monster. (laughs) It is the longest game of all time. People have died trying to get through it. I don't think I can stay, Sheldon. I have an appointment, like, with a doctor? Howard stands to leave. He rushes for the door. Not so fast, Wallowitz. Sheldon pulls out his phone, hits the screen, and a loud locking noise is heard. Howard reaches the door and finds that he can't escape. He turns back to Sheldon, trapped. How? I installed a Bluetooth-enabled, Arduino-powered actuator deadbolt. The only way to open it now is through the phone or an old-fashioned key. You're a sick man, Sheldon. No, it's okay. Howard, it could be fun. Listen to Raj, Howard. We'll just play one game. Once I have destroyed you and taken my place as Emperor of the Galaxy, you will have my permission to leave. Bazinga! Just one game? (laughs) Come on, Howard, let's play. It can't be any worse than the day Penny is having right now. Fade out. Cut to interior, Comic-Con hallway, day. About a half dozen nerds, many wearing various superhero and video game character costumes, are milling about. Leonard and Penny enter. Penny looks amazed, excited at every costume she sees. She's just happy to be there. Leonard looks like he's, ha- he's trying not to be seen with Penny. I'm having such a great day. I had no idea so many people would want to take their pictures with me. Yeah, that <laughs> sure is perplexing. I thought I had really screwed up by wearing this costume, but everyone here loves it. Well, don't get too excited, Penny. There are a lot of people here, and you may find that not everyone is a real big fan of royalty. Oh, look! (laughs) What a great Spider-Man! That's Deadpool. Penny doesn't hear. She rushes off to go take a picture with Deadpool, then skips back. She then notices something's off with Leonard. Oh, I'm sorry, Leonard. Did you want to get your picture taken with Spider-Man? No, because that's not Spider-Man. Uh, you haven't taken any pictures at all today. Are you not proud of your elf costume? Leonard bites his lip. Well, I think it's a great elf costume. Here, I want to take a picture with you. Penny takes out her phone and starts posing for a selfie with Leonard, who resists and squirms out of the shot. Penny, no, nobody wants to take their picture with me. I mean, look at me. I've seen 15 other Spocks since we've been here, and I'm the worst-looking one. But... I, I, nobody I, has so much netchened me. They notice Queen Amidala. They take pictures with Queen Amidala, but not Spock. 
<laughs> I thought we were in the middle of a World Series of Nerdum. These are supposed to be my people. It's like the world doesn't even make sense anymore. <laughs> Penny just smiles and scoots closer to Leonard and snaps a picture. Stop. Penny makes a goofy face and takes another picture, then another. Penny, stop. Penny keeps taking pictures, and soon Leonard is laughing outright. She gestures over to a group of people dressed as Power Rangers, beckoning them over. Hey! Hey, Cran people, come here! (laughs) The Power Rangers crowd in with Leonard and Penny, pose for a couple shots, then break formation. The Pink Ranger speaks. I like your Spock. Thanks. The Power Rangers exit. Leonard now has a huge smile on his face. See? This is fun! Thanks, Penny. Come on, let's go watch J.R.R. Tolkien eat this giant pie. (laughs) No, it's George R.R. Yeah, let's go. Fade out to another act break. Fade in to interior, Leonard and Sheldon's apartment, night. The place is a mess. Chinese delivery containers are strewn about. Furniture has been knocked over. Empty (laughs) two-liter soda bottles are lying everywhere. Sheldon, Howard, and Raj are still sitting around the table. Howard and Raj look like they haven't slept in days, with dark bags under their eyes. Raj's hair is all tangled and his clothes are covered in food stains. Howard is moist. <laughs> Sheldon, Howard, and Raj are... Oh, sorry, I read that already. <laughs> Sheldon, by contrast, is looking just fine. Howard moves some pieces on the board, then sits back, exhausted. Howard. What in the galaxy are you doing? By willfully vacating medical wrecks, you lose the single most politically important strategical placed system in the game. And with my next turn, you're basically handing me the victory. Good. It's yours. Let me die. <laughs> I will not accept victory under these conditions. This is Mechatol Rex we're talking about. You can't just hand me the galaxy like this. For the love of all the gods, we've been playing this game for 48 hours straight. Let it end. Let it all end. Just take it. Please, Sheldon. You've, you've been putting it off for days. It's yours. See? Look. Look at all these little worlds. They're yours. Isn't that enough? Total domination or nothing. <laughs> Howard and Raj break down and start bawling, holding each other for comfort. Cut to interior apartment landing, night. Leonard and Penny slowly climb the stairs. They are back in civilian attire, their costumes stashed into the duffel bags they are carrying. They reach the top step and hesitate for a moment. Well, Penny, I had a really fantastic weekend. Thanks for tagging along. Anytime. We should try to go again next year. Oh, maybe you'll get scalded with nacho cheese again. (laughs) Here's to lightning striking twice. (laughs) They both laugh and then lapse into an awkward silence. Anyway, thank you for cheering me up and showing me that it's more about than it's more about than just crossplay. And thank you for taking so many pictures of me and all those monks. <laughs> monks? Penny, those were Jedi. Is that like a Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> Leonard laughs. Close enough. Penny leans in and gives Leonard a kiss on the cheek. Thanks for a great weekend. Leonard is stunned. Penny turns, unlocks her apartment door, steps inside, and shuts the door behind her. After a few moments, Leonard also turns and unlocks his own door. Cut to. Interior. Leonard and Sheldon's apartment. Night. The door opens and Leonard enters. Howard and Raj spin in their seats, see that their portal to freedom has been opened, and spring to their feet. Hold that door! You two are still here? Howard and Raj sprint over to the door and exit without another word. Leonard watches them go, then shuts the door behind them. 
He turns to Sheldon with a curious look on his face. Congratulations, you just ruined my perfect game. Leonard crosses to the table, sits down, and looks at the board. You actually convinced them to play this? Oh yes, they were quite a captive audience. (laughs) Sheldon smiles and holds for laughter. Leonard doesn't laugh. Bazinga. (laughs) Well, not that you care, but Comic-Con was fabulous this year. What name did they find in George R. R. Martin's spoiler pie? Moon Boy. <gasps> well, that's a bit of a letdown. Did Penny get eaten alive by avid, savage trekkers? Surprisingly, no. She was a hit. I don't think there was a single person at the convention who didn't take a selfie with her. It just goes to show you that no matter how much you hate something, terrible prequels included, there will always be thousands of people who love it. Perhaps, but statistically speaking, there are at least a thousand idiots for every person like you or I. I suppose. But it makes you realize that everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and the best thing that you can do is just to let them enjoy it. Why ruin the fun? Tell that to Kuthru Polly and Wallowitz. <laughs> Maybe hating this game is a valid opinion? No, they clearly miss the intricacies and the nuance, the multifaceted strategy, and the excitement of never playing the same game twice. If they missed all of that, then they don't deserve to have an opinion. Ah, well, have fun ruling the galaxy by yourself for now on, Sheldon. Leonard gets up, crosses to his room, and shuts the door behind him. Sheldon stares down at the game for a moment, then speaks to it. We don't need them, do we? (laughs) Fade out. The end. (laughs) And thus... Uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh man, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much. Great job. My goodness, I was sitting there the whole time, just like. (laughs) (laughs) Great job. I loved your Raj voice, Rachel. That was so great, Andrew. I loved your gasp when uh, Penny kissed uh, Leonard. (laughs) (laughs) He was just on a journey. My heart (laughs) deflated. So awesome. Well, thank you guys. That was an excellent, excellent read through. Yes, that was so much fun. We'll bring you back uh, next week for our follow up ShamCom, which is going to be Frasier. Uh, yes. That's a little spoiler for everyone. Yes. But uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, and we'll, we'll talk to you all later. All right, gentlemen, now that it's down to the three of us again, let's talk about the sham writing process and our yes. initial thoughts here. And I've got to say, uh, <laughs> I was completely sold from the theme song on. I oh, my goodness. I loved this episode, Eric. You yeah. such a good job. I'm surprised. No, no, it <laughs> absolutely crushed the, the feel of it and Sheldon's machinations and not understanding the social contracts that we all live in. So, so funny. Really enjoyed this one. Oh, good. Me too, man. Um, Again, I'm going to mention the theme song. Yeah. Holy cow, (laughs) was that great. I loved your, you know, you knew that it was Bare Naked Ladies and throwing in that nod with that that fast pace bit. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And just, like, the the beat of that. Oh, so good. But my, in addition to the Sheldon thing, my favorite part of it, was Penny's characterization and your use of um, her, you know, references, her incorrect references. My favorite that I wrote down was crayon people for Power Rangers. That was so so funny. But every moment like that where she got something like wrong like that but described what it was like, it just put this, you know, fun outsider perspective on these nerd things. And that was such a welcome and cool thing in the episode that you played with. I dug the hell out of that. Awesome. Yeah, this thing was so much fun. And I loved... 
you know, you had nerd references, but then you also had some nerd references that are particularly relevant if we know you. Yeah, and of course. The uh, the one I'll let the viewers in on or listeners in on is that the Hogwarts castle in Minecraft is something that Eric actually has been building himself, and it's phenomenal. No, it's, it's so phenomenal. impressive. It's so it's good. true. It's so true. Maybe we can put up a picture of it. Oh <laughs> God, so good. I don't want to. It was. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. It was so cool. Ah, uh, so as. They were reading how I didn't start right away, but I picked up on it pretty quick. I started writing down all the references you put into the script and just like keeping track of all the things that you did. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a list here. And what's really fun is that, of course, everything on here is something that you love. So even though it's Big Bang and people give it a lot of crap for, you know, its lack of, you know, actually being representative of the nerd culture, this was representative of your tastes so this was it was really fun to hear you drop all these different references harry potter star trek Catan. it was great and i I will say on that in defense of the big bang theory i think they have enough references in the show that it is clear that there is some passion for this culture even if they don't always hit the mark and how they portray it they're reaching for a broader audience uh a very opposite of a broad audience was the very first reference, which is the ethics of human cloning. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. That, a nod that, to one of the films we made called Keeping Up with the Cloneses. Yeah, no, that's how we open Keeping Up with the Cloneses uh, with a character reading this book called The Ethics of Human Cloning. So I, I thought I'd open it the same yeah, way. I thought that was very funny. No mention of Dr. Neural's Chimley, the I, author I, of said I book. I did. I, actually, my follow-up line was uh, when, when Sheldon saying, okay, you've piqued my interest. Uh, I said, Dr. Chimley will have to wait. And I thought, you know, this is getting a little too meta. A little too, <laughs> yeah. sure, too uh, you guys specific. So how did this go? How was the process of writing this oh, for you? And also writing in screenplay format, which is the, this is the first time again that we have done this. Uh-huh. Well, okay. So for, the, uh, for this, for this podcast, no. Marcus is looking at me like, dude, we've written scripts before. <laughs> we went to film school. <laughs> so for sham fiction. Yeah, no, it's been a long time since I wrote, have written in screenplay format and it was, it was difficult to get into it. Like it feels, I don't know. There's something about it that when it's so dialogue driven that I can't, it's harder to connect themes. It's harder to uh, craft it in a way that I feel like I'm I'm competent at. So it felt a little sloppier. It felt um, it took forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think it took me three sit downs to do this, uh, like two or three hours each sit down. Sure. So it's like this was a big project. I mean, this it's like a 15 page script, and most of the stuff we do is not nearly that long. Uh, so that's just part of it that we're doing the special episode yeah. with these longer uh, fictions. Uh, but it was not not easy. It's it it's such a different skill set to be able to write in a screenplay format. Yeah, and when we're doing prose, you have all of the tools. Yeah. So there are no tools that are held back when you're doing prose. You can get into a character's head. You can set the scene. You can do anything with budget, scope, definition, sound, anything. When we're going to a screenplay format and you're just reading it, not actually even producing it, you're working at best with half of the tools available in the medium. So the additional emotion can be accomplished through direction, through camera movement, through the settings, the props that we put out there. So even though this is in a screenplay format, you definitely have that challenge of you're not working with the full deck at this point. Right. Yeah, no, trying to portray everything that's going on strictly through dialogue is tricky. Yeah. Um, And with the sitcom sort of format, uh, my big push was to make sure that every other line is a joke. Right. So it's somebody says something like, oh, I'm having this problem. 
the next character doesn't say, oh, let me help you with the problem. The next character is going to say some quippy joke to, to get a laugh from the audience. Right. Because you have to keep up that volume of jokiness. And it was actually, it's funny, when I was writing this thing, um, I would do that. I'd, I'd say the serious line from a character, say Leonard, like, oh, uh, this thing is happening to me. And then the Sheldon line, like, oh, here's a joke, you know, for right. the audience. Uh, in the next line I was, would always write would be Leonard saying, you are a piece of beep. <laughs> and I'd delete that. And then I'd write the real line. And then I'd go to Sheldon's line again. And then, again, Leonard's line would be, you're a piece of beep. <laughs> it just, it's so, like, if these people were real people, they would be so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody in any of these uh, sitcoms, horrible people. <laughs> just terrible it's funny that you have that stance on it because i've never really thought about that i'm like yes they're joke machines you know shows like this they're made yeah. to make people laugh um but i don't know i i feel like that's kind of like maybe i i, I for i like these other shows that we're doing like it's i these shows i just i love the characterization it just right. feels so incomplete on the page the actors bring so much to yeah. it and Very our actors so. in this particular case and you know i'm so looking forward to having them back it's they did they, they they finish it off they complete it yeah, yeah that's why i'm happy we got the full cast for this it, mm-hmm. that, it, us reading this ourselves it would not come across in the same way Right. So I'm, I'm very glad we got to do that. And so what, what was that experience like? This is the first time that we've done that, brought guests on, and yeah. had a real performance as part of Sham Fiction. Well, it's tricky because uh, there are a lot of uh, technical sentences, very Star Trek-y, I think, mm-hmm. where, where a character will explain something that is dense, a technical material. And if you've never read that before, if you're just sight reading that, it's easy to get uh, to stumble on it. So there were some moments, uh, and not faulting the cast at all on this, where <laughs> I have very clunky dialogue in this, and that came across. It's like, oh, if I, if I would take another pass, I'd know, oh, smooth this line out, because it's hard for humans to actually say that. Well, and my bonus point to you was to add something like that in the script, yes. you know, to have it. And, and you hit it with, like, that actuator line on the door. Yeah, like, was oh, that the, the, the specific? The Arduino kid. Yeah. 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 yeah so that it's was in there. Stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, I think, yeah, I had to, you know, kind of decipher that out because it was a little lost in translation. Sure. Yeah. And sure. That, that is something that is general writing advice that we like to talk about on the show sometimes when we're doing this as an exercise. Uh, when we do the prose, I will always read through it all out loud prior to oh. actually performing it. Oh, sure. Because yeah. it does help you find those clunky things. And that's one step, but. I still know what I was writing and how I intended to have it say. When you have four people who are playing more than four characters who have never really read through this out loud before and mm-hmm. don't know who they're going to be until the second before, that is really hard and things can stumble. And it's not necessarily that you wrote clunky dialogue. Mm-hmm. It could be some of that, but it could also be some that if you had time to prep it and really think through where's the pause in this line, where's the inflection in this line, sure. it would come across a bit better. Yeah. Well, okay. Lay it on me. I mean, what uh, what do you got to say about uh, Big Bang Theory? You got any notes, anything that could be improved? What what hit? What missed? I want to know everything. So, yeah, I personally, um, the, the beginning of this felt a little slow in, to turn, in terms of getting to the actual story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we build up this idea that Leonard and Penny are going to Comic-Con, but it was only one scene, at least I think I believe it was one scene. I might be misremembering, but it happened later. It happened late. They, we didn't get to Comic-Con, and we didn't see too much of the progression of that conflict. The conflict was kind of representative in one scene. Sure. Um, and I, I think I felt a little less with that, with the, the board game side of things, but it was still there. It took a while for us. I think there were two longer scenes with just 
or mostly just Leonard and Sheldon near the beginning, and I kind of wanted to bring, I wanted the other characters to come in a little bit sooner. Yeah, and as far as how this compares to the actual show, uh, the Raj and Howard scene was absolutely spot on. When they're having their little back and forth, that that killed me. Sure. Uh, Sheldon getting so much to be such a stickler over the rules, and not only is it not enough for him to be the smartest person in the world, he has to be able to show people. So holding them there, very very Sheldony. Uh, there were bits that I think didn't quite hit the Big Bang Theory style. Uh, they actually did a Comic Con episode, which oh, was I'm funny. Sure. So they yeah. they did an episode where the four guys were all going to Comic Con. They're super excited. So you made the choice to have some of them be like, "Ah, eh, sweaty." Yeah. Uh, it really does Sheldon, which actually is kind of <laughs> on track for him. Nice. Uh, but it went completely different directions, and it makes sense that you would go around the biggest pop culture nerd thing on the Big Bang Theory. Um, what will throw me off in terms of actual the way you structured this was the cosplay thing. So I thought that in the real Big Bang Theory, you would definitely have jokes about her being a babe doing cosplay sure. and you know the sexy kind of cosplay that you see. But she goes in the Amidala thing, which is great, but then that's not a costume where she's, oh, pretty girl, right? Sure. So that kind of threw me off when everyone had to have their picture with her because she would be hidden behind oh, all gotcha. this makeup. No, and, and, and I was trying to avoid that. I didn't want to, because, uh, and I said it in the theme song, <laughs> that uh, what happens when nerds fall in love to objects shaped like pennies. Yeah. And I, I was very aware that, especially, I'm sure, the way you guys described it is she's kind of treated like the eye candy. It's like, oh, this girl that we're afraid yeah. of. And it's like, I didn't want to just... I'd feel exploitational to be like, oh, we're going to put you in a slutty outfit. And that's why I have the joke, the recurring joke, <laughs> which uh, the Orion slave girl, which is apparently <laughs> pronounced Orion <laughs> slave girl, um, the the go-to uh, sort of cosplay yeah. uh, Star Trek for a, for a hot girl. So I, I wanted to throw that illusion in there and turn it a different direction. And and I, I now that you say this, I feel kind of bad. I, I was trying to imply that everyone is excited to take pictures with her, not because she was a babe, but because uh, they liked her costume, but because right. it was they liked Star Wars prequels. Right. And the the prevailing theory in nerddom is that the Star Wars prequels are terrible and everybody hates them. So that was me probably just not making that clear enough. It was, I would agree that it wasn't the most clear, mm -hmm. but it was there and I got that. Okay. I definitely got that and I found that to be a really cool little nerd theme. This idea of, you know, something that's such a whipping po you know, a whipping boy in terms of, of uh, um, like nerd culture and everything. Right. And, or just like in any culture, you know, something that's like the taboo, you know, mm -hmm. to say you like the prequels, jacques And... Uh, <laughs> That being kind of a little theme in there. But I would yep. agree that I was mostly considering it up until that end point when you kind of brought it up textually, yeah. you know, in the piece. Mm -hmm. More that it was like, okay, it was Penny being hot and they were trying to take pictures with a hot girl. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I am glad that you didn't have her come out in some really crazy outfit because I don't think that's something that Penny would subject herself to either. Sure. Uh, but... Yeah, just just having that connection. And I liked, again, that Leonard was really mopey about it, and she cheered him up. That's the kind of sweet moment that you see on the show occasionally. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, so do we want to just sort of talk about our final thoughts and give a yeah, 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 score? Yeah, yeah, ready yeah, for it? I, I would be happy to know what your score is, what your final thoughts are. Get, lay it on me. Whatever. 
Absolutely, yeah. So again, I wanted things to kind of get into the story a little bit more and play around with the conflict elements a little sooner. When we got there, it was great. I loved, again, tying in these two big nerd themes, this idea of Comic-Con and cosplay as one kind of crux of the conflict, board games as the other crux of that conflict and also the fact that you chose board games i know Mm -hmm. you guys are huge board game fans but especially you eric so that that was great um but yeah in terms of like the actual structure of the episode it just it was a little it was funny i was laughing my butt off but (laughs) um story-wise i wanted to to get into the meat a little earlier okay so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you seven protons out of ten um we see the protons that we see in the opening sequence of big bang theory (gasps) so marcus what'd you think I, I I loved it. I mean, I, I, I think that this is one of my favorite pieces because it just made me consistently laugh. And it's funny hearing about your writing process and the, oh, you're a piece of bleep. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because you just, what you ended up with was so close to a sitcom feel. And uh, it does make me rethink some of these quips and what I'm laughing about. Yeah. So I will give you very high marks. I love the theme song. I'm going to give you... You order Chinese food, mm-hmm. and you get nine out of ten of the orders completely correct. And the tenth one, you still get something that was pretty good, but that's your score. <laughs> that's not bad. I mean, that's that's a lot of Chinese food I can make do. That's fantastic. Yeah. And nine out of ten, absolutely what I ordered. The that tenth one, all right. is amazing. So... Um, I'm going to have to check this out now. I mean, this I already feel like I've heard so much about this show, uh, both negative and positive, so I'm, I feel like I have some trepidation. Are there any, like, should I go in with episode one? Should I skip episode no, you one? Should, you should jump around. There are a few episodes. Uh, I think you'd particularly enjoy the Will Wheaton cameos, where oh, they sure. bring in celebrities who are playing themselves. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Oh, man, I even thought about that because I, I was aware of the Will Wheaton thing. I think you mentioned him. Mm-hmm. You didn't say what the relationship was, but I was like, they're going to be at Comic-Con. It would be so natural natural for them to run into will wheaton yeah I'm like i can't write that it'd be it'd be overstepping the assignment i thought so that's that's great I'm, yeah find, find the not? best of list and if sure. you do want to watch it if you've listened to this podcast and you think gosh big bang theory is a lot of fun it is not all the old episodes are available on cbs all access but you can find the latest few episodes there you can find it on television it's still airing weekly and you can also go and get the blu-rays or the dvds and just sort of catch up on the series that is one of the most watched things on television right now Right. Yeah, again, I, I think I mentioned it earlier on in the pitch session. I haven't seen too much of this show either. I had to kind of reintroduce myself to it with this. And I, too, I'm going to go back and, and watch this because watching these few episodes, even though they were the early ones and Marcus says they were very different from later on, yeah, I dug it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. And if, if you hate that we're even talking about this on the show, feel free to flame us. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you next time on Sham Fiction. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Big thanks to this week's guest performers, Rachel Palaszewski, Joe Rapp, Katie Vanelli, and Alan Voigt. Thanks to Reed Reimer for writing the music, and Tremendous Entertainment for providing the recording space. For more episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Next week, we're doing Frasier! But until then... What happens when nerds fall in love? With objects shaped like pennies that seem super dumb Test these hypotheses and you'll see That your expensive education falls to cheap infatuation All your brainy repartee becomes a distant memory Your roommate and your friends Will make some pop culture references Darth Vader, Cthulhu, set phasers 
Pikachu, a bazinga, a bazinga, a bazinga, a bazinga, bazinga. bazinga.